noted. Uh, it's Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday, all in all in one package this week. What uh, what takes precedence? Uh, I guess probably not a surprise, but um, how how well, might you guys? <laughs> yeah, when you get. <laughs> Uh, and the other one involves ashes. Well, no. Welcome to episode 80 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint of fine wine or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, and occasional guests address and engage current events, thorny theological issues, and various spiritual matters, usually with a good brew in hand. We are brought to you today by our sponsors. New Thought Channel Television is a proud sponsor of Pub Theology Live. Watch New Thought, spiritual but not religious. Empowering and positive television anytime, anywhere. Catch original programs, talks, movies, and more online on your TV and on your phone or tablet or iPad. Visit newchannel.com and learn more and subscribe. Change the channel, change your life. We are also brought to you by Wink Wine Club. Wink features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door. You don't even have to leave the house. And you can get started at trywink.com slash ptlive. That's Wink with a C. And if you do that, you'll get $20 off your first order and other savings. And even better, how about three bottles on us? If you call and leave us a voicemail at 980 980- PT Live Zero or 980-785-4830. Or you can send us an email if you're a little shyer and you don't want to chat with us. You can email us at info at pubtheology.com and send us your thoughts about an episode or a theological question. And uh, if you do and we choose yours, Wink will send you three bottles on us. Just pay tax and shipping. So pretty good deal. One winner per month. So snag yours. You can also join our conversation on Twitter or Facebook using hashtag PTLive. Well, today it's our much-anticipated couples episode. While Ogan is off in Barbados beaching it up, uh, Shannon and I are joined by our spouses. So we'll talk a little bit of relationship, love, church life, uh, death and mortality. You know, whatever happens to come up uh, when couples get together to talk. Uh, unstable relationships, <laughs> unstable connections <laughs> and more so uh welcome guys and shannon i'll let you introduce your spouse and what you guys are drinking oh well i thought he could introduce himself or um that. well so for those of you who have been listening for a long time derek's been a guest on the show before i was a regular true a regular host um co-host so um my husband derek weston you want to you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Okay, go ahead. Hi, everyone. You can speak for yourself. I, 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 thanks. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> hi, I am the Reverend Derek Weston. Uh, I am I am the neighborhood organizer for Arlington Presbyterian Church in Arlington, Virginia. Um, yes, I've been on this show a couple times, 
And I also before they discovered me. Before they discovered Shannon. Clearly, <laughs> there's the talent in the relationship. Um, uh, I also co-host uh, Complex Radio with Carol Howard Merritt and The Gospel According to Marvel with my friend Zane Sanders. So I, I I'm I'm a veteran podcast guy. You are, and welcome back to the show, Derek. It's great to so, have you back. What are you drinking today? Um, I am drinking this Black Wing Lager uh, from Union Craft Brewing, and it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a Schwartz beer, which is German for black beer. Um, so uh, yeah, that's it's got rich chocolate and coffee bean flavors, Ooh. which, so, as you know, are aphrodisiacs. Exactly. Oh, perfect. Uh, so you know. Valentine's Day to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, um, so I went to the liquor store and I thought, I was thinking about this episode and I thought it would be funny. So um, I got a local brew um, from Flying Dog Brewery, uh, Raging Bitch. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, that's a good one. It's a very good beer. It's, it's also, like a Belgian IPA, isn't it? It is. It is a Belgian IPA and it is, it is delicious. It's also hilarious to me. Derek was like, I'm glad it's funny to you. Part of, what, part of what kept our relationship going is my not commenting on the relevance of her choosing to be <laughs> Part of well, the stability of our relationship. The wisdom is flowing yeah. already. Excellent. Well, I am joined uh, by my wife, Christy, mm-hmm. today. She is uh, author of Cracking the Pot, uh, Releasing God from the Theologies that Bind Him, kind of a spiritual memoir, excellent read. She also does some consulting with the Institute of uh, Faith Justice, Faith Di- Dialogue and faith Justice. Faith Justice and Dialogue. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> she does something somewhere. Something huh? over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So welcome. And uh, anything else you want to add? What you're drinking? Well, I'm going with a wine today. So I've got a Pinot Noir. Nice. My favorite. Excellent. And today I am drinking uh, the Reverend Belgian style quad mm. from Avery Brewing. Yes. Not just for Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> Although when I looked Although. at the ABV, I thought, "Hey, oh, this is no uh, this is no light friend." So I may need some help. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to help. Yeah. So we should we should get something out of the way because a lot of people. Um, what we didn't introduce in either of our things is that both of us, both of us couples have four children. Oh yeah. How right. old are yours? Um, 10, eight, seven, and five. Oh. Hey, yo. So, and yours are? Ours are 14, 13. <laughs> I lose oh. track after that. I can't <laughs> 10 and 11, 11 and, and nine. 10. No, 11, no, 11 and 11 nine. And- <laughs> 14 13 I, 11 and 9 yeah yeah yes yeah so we're just so, ahead of you in just a couple years just a few years but yeah. yeah so that's a i i mean we'll get around to the parenting and faith raising yeah. later but i do as as we're doing our couple episode that's something i feel like people should know about our odd mix of couples <laughs> that we have on seriously and yeah. you know there's eight kids in the mix between us and yet we still have time to do a podcast, a podcast. together <laughs> that's why there's beer and, and have alcohol i mean this is this is like the adulting win right that's here right. exactly hey i think we're doing it right that's all i want to say i think, mm-hmm. I think we've accomplished we feel completely irresponsible <laughs> <laughs> 
cheers to us. Uh, no comment that uh, I'm having a beverage and I'll pick up my kids in a little while. So, you know? I mean, I think, I, honestly, like I think not to, well, let's just start with kids, right? But like that changes Valentine's Day completely, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah. Valentine's Day is one thing before kids or without kids or with one or two kids, right? Like, so we're not quite at the point where one of the kids can babysit. I don't know if you guys do that yet, but where you, Maybe if you run out for an hour, but like not for a night yeah, or something. Right, right. And that adds expense. It adds drama. It adds, you know, complications sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the last, I mean, it, I'd say Valentine's Day becomes a home. I'll cook you a nice dinner kind of thing, right? Like. Yep. Yeah. I mean. For sure. Yeah, we have. Uh, ours could be old enough to be uh, in charge and left on their own, but the problem is our two oldest are so close in age that neither respects the other authority. Mm. So, yeah. it, so we couldn't leave them alone because there'd be no stability. Um, not for long. Not yeah. for long. Yeah. yeah, we can leave them for an hour or something, like you said, but, right. but for a whole evening, we still prefer to have someone here. Yeah. 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 But it's coming, you know, once they're right. 18 and 17. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. No. I mean, once one is able to drive and the other one isn't, then there's clear who has authority mm -hmm. and who does not, you know? I think that'll be yeah. the moment that, yeah. that happens. Yeah, we, we don't have, I mean, when we get there, I don't think we'll have that problem. One, because our, our oldest 10-year-old, um, which, again, we have four or five more years before we can do this, but... Um, she is one of the biggest distances between the kids, but also it's girl, boy, boy, girl. So not to be sexist about it, but there is that dynamic of yeah. like the baby's traditional babysitter being a girl and that's what they're used to. And, mm -hmm. and so I think there'll be a little bit of that. So we did it better. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Okay. So any part of this mess was planned. Right. <laughs> So no, for those no, no, no. for those keeping score at home, that's uh, score one for the Meacham Weston uh, clan. <laughs> Burkoff's not on the board yet, but yeah, we'll, that's we'll work on it. <laughs> but there's still time. It's, it's early in the game. It's early still early. time. Still time. Mm. So, so maybe, Ash Wednesday. Oh, go ahead, Brian. Oh, well, I was just to say, let's talk a little bit of, uh, before we get to Ash Wednesday. Maybe let's talk a little bit about, um, yeah church life and relationship mm -hmm. stuff. You guys are both ordained, both serving in two different congregations and Chrissy and I both have seminary background and have been very involved in the churches that uh, we've uh, served at. And so just wondering how that is working for you all and how you create boundaries and, and if it's easier or harder being in separate congregations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so for the first, for a year, about a year, year and a half, Derek, um, was not working on Sundays, was working or was attending pretty regularly the congregation that I serve. And then a year ago, like went to a, a job that he was then required on Sundays, like a regular more church position. Um, well, not that anything that Derek does is a regular position, but nonetheless. <laughs> um, and so I think there's, there's good and bad there. Um, you know, I felt, I love, that we can talk about, hey, I'm thinking about this for my sermon, and there's theological understanding and background, and mm -hmm. what texts, what hymns, what, you know, right, like all of that yeah. kind of 
molds in. I'm sure there were Sundays that he was sitting in the pews going, hey, that's my sermon that she's preaching. Um, <laughs> 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 hey, that was my idea. No. So no. do you, are you at your, whose church are you at then on Sundays? Are you split? We are split now. Okay, you are. Yeah, yeah. every Sunday we're split. Um, let's see, what was the exception? Christmas Eve, he was, was the exception. He was like, no, I mean, we, you know, touch about that's, that's family, family night, yeah. you know, he needs to be there. But Easter was split, which was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have the kids, I keep the kids at, because at, Derek's church is a drive. So it's easier to keep them with me. Okay. Um, and there's Sunday, there's other kids in Sunday school at my church. His church is a different, and different beast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think overall it's been, it's been really beneficial. Um, I think while there are complications of being in two different churches, I think um, it's, it's easier for, you know, when I was attending her church, there were times when, you know, she would have frustrations with people in the congregation and I would go to church and I would just like unknowingly just like be glaring daggers at these people. And I'm like, you made my wife angry, which ruined my Tuesday night. Um, so, um, so less of that happens now because we're in different places, but we have the benefit of, of, you know, both understanding church culture, both being able to, you know, talk about programming, talk about ideas, talk about, you know, like she said, um, her sermon prep, um, you know, talk about, um, you know, just, just little things that, uh, you know, if you don't have the professional experience of being in the church, um, you can sympathize, but you won't, you won't have the direct experience of really knowing what it's like. So it really is, it, it's, it's really beneficial. Um, it's really great. I mean, I, I think, you know, um, you know, for both of us, this is a second marriage and, and with, without any, slight to either of our exes. I think there is an element of being understood that is a part of our relationship that wasn't a part of previous relationship. So, um, uh, yeah, so I I think, I think overall, I think, you know, we do it pretty well. I think it's, it is weird. You know, we, she goes 15 minutes north. I go (laughs) an hour and a half south. Uh, On a good day. Hello, Beltway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. but you know, um, I, I do think that overall, it's uh, it's really it's really been positive. So, so do you do you find yourselves like your your families and personally more invested in one community over the other? I mean, you know, I think we're more invested kind of in doing life. More yeah, I think we're more invested in Shannon's church just because of proximity and the amount of time that she's been there. Um, I mean, I've been in my church for about a year. You're going on six. Seven, yeah, this is my seventh this is year. Seventh Actually, yeah. today's my, tomorrow. Tomorrow's my sixth year anniversary. You wow. I started on Valentine's Day. Aww. Yeah, because it was Ash Wednesday. Um, go figure. Uh, wow. Yeah, so, I, so we, like we said, we live 10 miles from my church. I've been there six years. Um our, our kids go there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a more traditional call. Like I'm installed. There's a, you know, all of that. Derek's more of a contract worker. Not really kind of, it's again, it's a community organizer position at a church and which more churches should do in my opinion. And he's really great at it. So, you know, there's that. 
Um, but I, I also will say one of the benefits is we can take vacation and the church doesn't freak out, right? That like both of our pastors are gone at the same time, right? If we yeah. were a clergy couple serving the same congregation, that might be an issue. That could be tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And, and I also feel like we get that understanding. Like I sympathize genuinely, right? I totally have compassion or I, I have righteous anger with him genuinely, <laughs> yeah. right? But we're not at, we're not, talking about work all the time because it's not the same mm-hmm. how was your day isn't like well you were right in the office next door like what are you <laughs> yeah right, right, so right. How was yeah your day yeah talking about work sure in in it doesn't become work let me put it yeah. that way it mm-hmm. so i that i th- i mean we've talked about it a lot whether or not we should work together in the future because we and i don't just say this like lightly, like we genuinely work very well together and our two skill sets would go together beautifully um, and would really serve a or multiple congregations. But those kind of um, feelings of like, we like to get away. We like to not talk about work. We like to do other things and balancing all of that. So I actually think where, I mean, even though, you know, Chris, you're not like ordained, like I think maybe what you guys are doing or I don't want to say it's harder. It's, what we're doing is better, blah, blah, blah. I think that it's different. I think that there are unique challenges yeah. that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that dynamic. Yeah, so uh, this is the uh, third congregation we've served since uh, seminary, and all three have been new church starts. So the, the, <laughs> fun, dyna- the yeah. fun dynamic <laughs> of that is it's kind of like we get to make it up as we go and, and, and you know, being partners in marriage and life, we have a kind of a shared vision for the kind of community we want to be a part of, uh, even if we weren't pastoring it. And, and so it's been fun to do some of that dreaming together and, and visioning and then trying to make it somehow come to life. Uh, and so in our current setting at Holland UCC, um, Christy does a fair bit of worship leading in terms of musical uh, leadership, probably at least twice a month. So we get to work together on music and flow of the service and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which does have advantages and disadvantages, you know, cause sometimes it feels like there's homework, you know, between right. us <laughs> and why haven't you gotten me those song ideas yet? <laughs> yes, or exactly. what are you preaching on and where's this going? <laughs> that is exactly what I'm afraid of. <laughs> yeah. So there, there is that, you know, but at the same time, it kind of, it works okay, I think, because there's is there's an understanding. We've worked together. We can. I'm a bit of a procrastinator, and I print the bulletins. So sometimes Saturday evening, we're like, "What are we singing tomorrow?" Yeah, what are we singing tomorrow? That's right. Yeah, I should get on that. Whatever yeah. is happening. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's fun, and the, also there's just the shared experience of, you know, we get to celebrate the the things, the good things together, we can kind of commiserate together Mm -hmm. as needed. Um, I think, I think it's very different too, that it's a church plant that we've been involved in church planning because like, for example, when Brian did his internship, it was at a very established um, traditional congregation. And so there were these expectations put on the pastor's wife. Well, she will lead the choir and she will lead the Bible studies and she will, you know, so that was a, um, that was interesting. And that would have been very suffocating for me. This feels way more, um, it's, it's natural. It's a natural 
partnership, I would say. Now, Chrissy, do you feel like you could step away if you wanted to and you... Hmm. Ooh. Even though she's yeah. not paid, we kind of need her, you know, yeah, that's so, a good well, question. This is, this is in some ways, probably in some ways, probably not just because yeah. also with the church plant, he's, you know, you're the pastor, you're the administrator, you're yes. doing the social media, so you're doing everything. And so, um, and he does not do music. No, definitely not. It would definitely not be good thing. And so um so there has been sometimes this like, well, no, I don't have anyone for music tomorrow. What are you doing? What are you, <laughs> what are you, you doing? have to do it, you know. Right, right. So so there's a little bit of that. You know, yeah. it's not a paid position to me, so sometimes it feels just a little bit yeah. yeah, and I can feel also, overwhelming, but absolutely. Like, I yeah. think that's an interesting dynamic. Like, as we think about the future and think forward, right? Like, Derek definitely has gifts and skills that, like, my congregation needs. Mm -hmm. But the awkwardness, right, of like Brian going to his board or me going to my, you know, committees and saying, so hire my spouse, right? right? Like, yeah. I mean, and because. If, if he were just a friend or if you were just somebody in the community, you'd be like, we should hire them. This is yeah. how much their rate is. Mm -hmm. This is how much it costs for a musician each week. But because their spouse, it's, yeah. it, it's a little different, um, yeah. even though they may be the absolute right person for the job, right? Right. Yeah. It's, right. It's, right. Absolutely. And in fairness to Christy, we currently don't pay our other musicians either. You don't pay anybody. Right. I, don't, I, don't, yeah, no. I don't know that that's in fairness that's, to any of them. I was going to say, that's only in fairness right. to Christy. Yeah. <laughs> in completely unfairness. To everyone. To right. everyone. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, but I, I, I do think, and I mean, for people listening, like clergy certainly don't, and, and are, um, I don't know how to say this, right? Like you clergy couples aren't the only way to go, right? Or theologically trained couples aren't the only way to go. But there is a unique support that happens with church ministry. Anybody who works for a church and it's in ministry, it's a different work week. It's a different idea. Yeah. It's a different mindset. And, you know, I once had a, <laughs> I, I was trying to find a new therapist and I went in and I kind of laid out this dynamic that was going on my church. And he said, well, why do you let them treat you this way? And I was like, I can't work with you, right? Like, I can't, like you don't understand the dynamic between this volunteer, this elder, this person on whatever, and me and how it's, it's you, you have to understand that it's not quite a familial relationship, but there mm -hmm. is a familial element to it. And, yeah. sure. you know, you can't just get rid of these people. You don't fire these people, you know, all of that stuff. So mm -hmm. it's, somebody who understands that really is key and that it's yeah. it's not just you know there are plenty of jobs that you don't just get to walk away from that you carry around with you but that this is a unique I am always sermon prepping right I am always thinking about worship or this dynamic or that dynamic or how to lead them do this better etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm -hmm. so just somebody who gets that so that yeah. randomly out of the blue I may say something like, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and like, I thought we weren't going to talk about work tonight. Well, that's a little bit impossible, you know. <laughs> yeah, and or a crisis happens and you're sort of the person who has to respond. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And not getting, you know, upset about that if you're on vacation that I need 10 minutes, right? I need mm -hmm. 10 minutes to go. 
I know I'm not there. I know that someone else is covering for me, but I have to call this family, yeah. you know, real, real quick. And I need to do that. People die at really inconvenient times. They are the worst. <laughs> the worst. Oh, this is dyers, man. <laughs> this <is> dyers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I honestly like double PKs, right? That's what we call the kids. Pastor's kids. Double PKs. Ooh, double, yeah. PKs. double PKs. Double PKs. Like have a unique experience and like i feel like i need to apologize to my children every day for the rest of their mm. lives right like right um now our children have another parent in their lives that neither one of them do ministry so there's that i guess <laughs> uh, maybe there's hope for them whereas yeah, brian yeah. and christy's kids are just screwed yeah so maybe we could chat about that for a minute yeah. you know what what are the struggles that you, or yeah, struggles or pressures you felt uh, in raising children a certain way, particularly being involved in church life? Are there congregational pressures or pressures from your own families of origin or just friend circle on how you do it as a family, how you raise kids? I think there's, there's, we've been talking about this more and more and particularly as our, as our oldest, um, is getting to the age where she can understand more and engage more of wanting them to have spiritual influences that are not us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think as the kids get older, that's starting to feel a little bit more, um, more like a pressing thing. Yeah. Um, and you're starting to feel, you know, what, what a lot of people in churches feel is like, wow, we, we really need, you know, a, a Christian ed- educator or a youth director or someone who's going to be a part of our kids' lives who is going to give them the perspective of, of what church and, and what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus means from someone other than mom and dad and mm-hmm. for church to be something other than mom and dad's job that yeah. makes them have to sit through meetings or makes them miserable gone all the time well and i've even found myself right like not talking as much about church dynamics and people Mm. with the kids around because Mm -hmm. i don't want like that feeling derek was describing of like you were you made my wife mad um i don't want my kids to go to church and feel like you made my mommy upset, right? Well, because, and they don't have as much filter as, no, as No, no. So that could, that could really go bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and- Why aren't you paying mommy more? Right. <laughs> I can't make her bills. Why are you making our life terrible? <laughs> Ooh, Maggie should do the minute oh, for God, mission. No, God, the steward. <laughs> Oh, that is genius. I love it. Yeah, she's thinking about how she can work this now. Right. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, how can I work my kid? How can I, like, it's time you earned your income here, baby. Um, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, so like, I'm feeling, right, like, I'm, I'm, I'm very much um, still happy in my call and, and wanting to stay and feel like that. But I'm also very much feeling like, about two years ago, um, uh, we didn't, we, we, our Christian ed director left and we didn't rehire one. So, um, you know, we've kind of been doing this just Sunday school thing and, and whatever. And, and I'm it, right. I'm doing the children's sermons. I'm doing all of the stuff and I'm feeling very much like they're just 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the need to like, okay, when is it going to be that I need to go somewhere else mm-hmm. so that these kids, et cetera, et cetera. And yet like having a Christian, edu- having a church nowadays that's big enough to have a Christian educator or significant amount of children is really big church kind of, and those jobs are smaller and smaller. And does that fit my call? Does that fit where my gifts lie? Because I'm I'm a little more laid back of a pastor. I'm not so formal, which I know everybody is shocked by. Um, (laughs) And and all of that. And so it's like, where do you balance your own call with your kids' needs faith-wise? Um, and all of that, but, but I will throw this one out for the church. I think both of the churches that we serve, like the kids making noise, the kids like being up and around or needing something or doing something. Um, they don't give the complaints of like your kids were noisy in church. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And that, I, I think that took some education, right. And, and I think that took some reality checks from them. Um, but I will say for my church personally, my kids sit in the front pew, right in front of like where I sit in the pulpit. Right. And they are right in front of me and it bothers me. Anything they're doing is bothering me more than it's bothering the congregation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's not true for all churches, but I will say that's a benefit. Mm -hmm. But, but what, what about, what about you all? What about, well, I, I think when we first started um, church planning, when we took our first church, I was super conscious of my kids' behavior. And I was so fearful they're going to act out. And, you know, we had these two right in a row. It was not planned, but we had two. (laughs) What? One right after the other. And so it was just, they were a handful. And our second one is just a little spitfire. And so it was, it was hard. And I felt like I have to constantly leave this, you know, the church with them. And it was horrible. But, but what I think what I realized what I was doing is, um, taking what I grew up with, where the pastor's family is supposed to be this mm-hmm. perfect, polished, well-behaved, well-disciplined family. Until they get therapy later in life. Yes. Because yes. of that yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, like, oh my God. Yeah. Right. So I, it was so hard at first. Those first years, there were Sundays where I said, I'm just not going because the kids are going to act out. I don't want to deal with it. Um, and I think actually a lot of young families just feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that, you know, that like I have to put on, they have to be quiet and it's just not worth it. Yeah. 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 And so then with church planning, we kind of realized, Hey, we can, we're creating this from the ground up (laughs) so we can make this a different kind of place. We can create this culture from the get go that, you know, kids, it's okay. If your kid is noisy, it's, it's okay. Like that's okay. They're kids. And so after kind of that realization and realizing that, Hey, a lot of, family struggle with this as well. It's not just me. Um, that, that really kind of helped me relax about it. I think, I mean, now, yeah, our kids are sitting on the floor, you know, coloring instead of right, being exactly. in the seat and okay, fine. And it's all good. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. In fact, at our, at our first church, we, we eventually, uh, well, we met in a yoga studio for one, which was kind of fun. Um, and then we just ended up getting these like pillows or carpet squares. The kids could all kind of sit in the front together, which I'm not sure that was a smart idea uh, in terms of keeping the, but it just created this like, Hey, you can relax. You can talk to your friends. This doesn't have to be something you hate. You know, you can come to church and actually look forward to it. And I think that should be a, you know, something kids experience. I would say from our, our own parents, experience or perspective uh they 
you know, are in more traditional, uh, more conservative church mm-hmm. settings, uh, you know, because we've been in new church starts, kind of our children's programming is, if you right. will, has evolved or sometimes not been there. So our kids have kind of like been the, you know, recipients or non-recipients of whatever has kind of come together in those settings. Uh, sometimes it's been great. And other times, you know, from maybe more traditional perspectives, it's been lacking uh, or wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, you know, I think the good thing is because we've been on such a journey ourselves, even since we've, you know, been married and, and left seminary in terms of, you know, deconstructing, rethinking our faith, what is it we believe anyway? Right. I think our kids have, you know, the good thing is they aren't given all the answers. They aren't given all these like, well, you have to believe this. You have to. If someone asks you this, this is the right answer. Like they, mm-hmm. they don't have any of that. So, yeah. you know, the, they have to sort it out for themselves, which I think is a, a good thing in the end. You know, Ogan was talking a few weeks ago, I think, about Joy. So, so Ogan's daughter, Joy, is 16, 17, yeah. 16, I think. And she's like homeschooled, but she goes to this homeschooling group and that the person leading that day was asked her who went to church or what, who knew about church. And she was the only one right in this, in this group. And, and I keep thinking about that for our kids. Like, I don't know that any, um, well, I don't, I don't know this for sure. Right. But like, I don't know that any of our kids friends go to church. Um, I know like the neighbors that our kids are friends with don't go to church. Um, And so I think that's also a unique, like more newer dynamic that's coming around that like, not only are we worried about our children's Christian education, right? Like, like what they're going to learn. And, and although we can be a little more proactive with good theology, progressive theology, than at least Derek and I's parents were, (laughs) Um, which is like, oh, they have a great youth group. Go there. Terrible theology. Terrible. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like, do they see anybody like them in the world? Right? Mm -hmm. Like there's that question of like, who's, who's going to, who, who of their friends is going to church and, Mm. and doesn't that make them separated in some way? And, so talking about faith becomes weird and strange now. And mm. I, don't, I, I don't know. I worry about that. I, I genuinely do. Not like worry about it and like I worry for the souls of these other kids, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I worry that my kids, so they, they're losing kind of leadership of other adults in the church besides their mom and their dad in our situation because clergy couples. But they're also losing it friend-wise to have these discussions. Um, they're going to go to their friends. Probably you're experiencing this more than we are already of like, well, my friends don't believe in God. What does that mean for them? Right? Like, what is, why do I have to believe in God? Like, why do, why do we have to go to church? And, um, and we can talk, I mean, right now we're still at the stage of like caring for one another and loving one another and God loves you and, and that works, but Mm -hmm. soon it's going to get really hard. Mm -hmm. They're going to get, you know, Existential crises, children, teenagers. <laughs> we're, we're using a, a curriculum at our at our church for the first to fifth graders that was endorsed by John Shelby Spong. So we're just turning them into a bunch of little heretics, right? <laughs> right at the outset. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Very Start nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, why does every Christian camp 
that is an overnight camp, even if it's in my tradition, right? Like even if it's a Presbyterian church tradition, the only thing they know to talk about my first grader about is the atonement. Like uh, why? Yes, why? Yeah. I don't understand. Like there's so much more to talk about. Why do you need to teach my child? About- uh, the only thing you teach them is Jesus died for their sins. But don't you think that's this sort of this vestige of, of sort of reformed theology slash evangelicalism that's just worried about the souls of our kids. And if we can at least get that right at the outset, then anything else is kind of gravy or extra. And is that it? I, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I, I mean, I, I do think there's, there's, I mean, and I, I don't, I think there's this element that remains in evangelical Christianity of scaring kids into belief. Mm, and, yeah. and that's the one thing that I, I never want for our kids right. is for them to be scared. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there's, so they're getting me in their, in their Christian education, right? Their theological understanding comes from me in the church comes from us at home come it, it it's not coming from maybe very few adults that we trust but basically all the other education they're getting is either hard or like we have to undo a lot of it right so from their grandparents or other people in the world or none at all right i don't believe in god i don't believe in whatever and so i i send my children to this camp we send our kids to this camp every year that is in my denomination and they come back and all they've learned about is, is save their soul. Right. And I'm like, what? I need your help now more than ever. Right. That's, that's the struggle for me. Um, and the only, not the only, but a lot of the only other people in their lives are other ministers, right. Mm. That that are our (laughs) friends. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and admittedly, like we've, uh, we've had some, we've had one family in particular in my congregation kind of adopt us, right? Like we live far away from extended family yeah. for good reason. Um, and <laughs> we've kind of let this family adopt us. They don't have grandchildren. So they get to play grandparent and we get to have really healthy, good mom and dads and healthy siblings and, you know, mm. kind of fake all of this. Um, but they, they make us very much feel part of their family. And I feel like that's a good connection. Like that's a real something they can look to, to say, mm-hmm. Oh, Nana Joe really, Nana Joe's a good person and she comes to church. And what is that? What is it? Why, what does that mean? And why is that important to her? And mm-hmm. finding, I mean, that's one thing that I do find very positive in a congregation is the, the, the multi-generational aspect that my that because we live far away from extended family, my kids don't get regularly, and I find that helpful. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about like how the sex conversations come up with our progressive theology and our conservativeness and our theological mm-hmm. understandings. So that's another yeah. issue that we should have yeah. in like three or four years. <laughs> yeah. For sure. It's a different yeah. episode, Derek. I, I don't have enough beer for that. <laughs> it doesn't have enough beer for that. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, uh, as noted, uh, it's Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday, all in all in one package this week. Uh, what uh, what takes precedence? Uh, I guess probably not a surprise, but um, how how well, might you I guys? <laughs> yeah, when you get. <laughs> Uh, and the other one involves ashes. Well, exactly. Um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
Oh, sorry. That's not necessary. Um, she's like, edit that part out, Brian. You didn't say that. Helping or hurting, Brian. Helping or yep, hurting. I know. <laughs> No, but what uh, what might Valentine's Day look like for you guys? If in a you know all things being equal, not being in conflict with Ash Wednesday, we chatted a little bit pre-show about this, um, and and then maybe we can get into Ash Wednesday for a moment. I mean, we make dinner at home. So last year, I had a session meeting, which is my governing board meeting on Ash Wednesday or on a on Valentine's Day. So uh, you know. That was yeah. There's a lot. It's been a lot of dinners at home. Yeah, there's been a lot of dinners at home. I mean, I just can't imagine. Honestly, at this point, I just can't imagine going out for Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we just Um, haven't. We. I mean, I I can. I totally imagine it. Like, you can see it. You can imagine it. Um, (laughs) Hang on to that for Sunday. It just just hasn't happened yet. And you know, I think ideally it would be nice. I mean, the thing about like I used to be very down on Valentine's Day, like, you know, it's a Hallmark holiday, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, any excuse to tell the people you love them that you love them is is worthwhile, right? So, there's that piece of it. But, like, yeah, just with our lives, like, going out and, you know, so, you know, there's there's flowers, there's gifts, there's, there's, so, you know, there's flowers, there's gifts, there, you know, there's all the little things, but it's... it's Are there flowers and gifts? <laughs> are there? Are there? <laughs> tell me, and then I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> um, so you know that's been a part of historically. There've been flowers and gifts, um, but you know, just in terms of like really being able to make a big deal about it, like we really haven't had, we really haven't had the opportunity to do that. So I, I, one of the things we've kind of, I mean, and again, I've been very focused on Ash Wednesday, but not so much Valentine's Day. You do have a gift or gifts, just so you know. Um, But we, so Derek and I started this thing kind of, um, you know, when when we were first really serious that we would go out, you know, dates are important, right? Going out is important, being together is important. And one of the great benefits of us both being pastors is we have fairly flexible schedules. Mm. And we started going out on breakfast dates and that was, it was a very different dynamic than an evening date, right? An evening date, you get, you get dressed up and there's dinner and there's expectations and there's serious romantic conversations, right? Whereas a breakfast date kind of for us included, um, hey, how are you, right? Like, how's, how's it going? Like, and yeah, we maybe get into work stuff or kid stuff, but it was like big picture, long-term mm-hmm what's the vision? What's the idea? What's happening? You know? And, and I love our breakfast dates. And actually one of the benefits, if you will, of Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday combining is we're going out for breakfast tomorrow. And like, just, yeah, it's, it's a great, I don't know. I highly recommend breakfast dates. (laughs) I I do. I genuinely do. And we don't get to do it every week anymore, but yeah. We do it at least once a month, I'd say. Yeah, um, at least. And we go to first watch down the street, and you know the waitresses know us, and <laughs> nice. and hit on Derek sometimes, and hit on Shannon the other day. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> One likes both of us. It's weird. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. I mean, not weird, like weird, but like weird. <laughs> 
anyway, what about you guys? Did you have a Did thought like yet, Derek, thought? on Valentine's? I felt like you were about to. Oh, no. I mean, I. I, I... Derek's allowed to talk? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke. Isn't that enough? All, 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 all of our thoughts were spoken by. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And there's the stability. There it is. There it is. I love the breakfast date idea. I'll say that. That that I'm taking notes. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Because evenings are difficult, and as you and everything you highlighted, that the expectations and the you know the reservations are somewhere a certain level of nice. It's a lot of money. Let's not lie. A lot of money. Expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Someone to watch the kids. Yeah. Yeah, we've and done we, lunch. You know, we'll do go yeah. out for lunch. That's kind of been our thing. Not very often. When we when Not we get a, when we get a gift card, usually <laughs> yeah. someone gives us a gift card to go to lunch. Oh, maybe yeah. we should maybe we should use this. Yeah, it's amazing but, but, how often dates are instigated. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and similar to you guys, we're both very flexible. So that's a, another interesting dynamic. But because we both work from home, right? Office yeah. is at home, and so that's good because we're both flexible, but also. Not a lot of space. That's why we need fake walls to sort of create some division. <laughs> we build yeah. a fake wall between us. Wow, there you go. Wow, that's deep. The fake wall between us. Wow. I've yeah. had one of those in a marriage. It's not so good. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the actual and metaphorical fake wall, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, but so, you know, there's been times where we've gone out on Valentine's and arranged the babysitter or had family who could babysit. But we've also done the, let's just have a nice meal at home. And the kids are around too, but we'll make it a nice mm-hmm. family evening. We'll watch a movie. We'll do something special, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the getting out uh, doesn't happen as much as you might idealize it yeah. before marriage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, and again, like kind of like Derek, I've never really felt like Valentine's Day was a big, um, a big deal, I guess. Um, yeah. But... I, I certainly wouldn't want, I mean, I don't want to like skip it. I do think that we should take opportunities to stop for a moment and say, I really love you. And here's what I really love about you. And, and yeah, it's a Hallmark holiday. Fine. Actually, you know, like, and again, the origins of it and whatever, but like, why not? Why not take that opportunity? Like what's, what's wrong with that? If you will, you know, I, that's kind of where I land. Land. Yeah, I- with- I agree. It can be as much or little as you want to make of it. And I think for me, the key is being able to let go of any cultural or outside expectations and just say, whatever we choose to do is a gift and that's it. You know, like you don't have to be driven by other narratives if we don't want to. Well, and it reminds me a little bit of, you know, one of our biggest responsibilities as parents is to teach our children what romantic love, what healthy relationship looks like, right? Mm-hmm. And so by by choosing the importance of the holiday to to show love in genuine ways and and not this grandiose necessarily, right? Like not yeah. that there's wrong, anything wrong with grandiose gestures, but like it, it just a way of of saying, wow, family meal is how we love each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Doing the dishes for each other is how we love each other. And oh. having bonding. <laughs> <laughs> Let me write that down. Take notes. Yeah, take notes. <laughs> um, 
maybe not how we love each other, but it's certainly how we care for one another, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was telling Derek earlier, like, there's an article going around Facebook right now that, um, which I'll put on our Facebook page, um, about how uh, clutter causes anxiety, like raises mm -hmm. anxiety. And I'm yeah, like, well, yeah. clearly you don't have yeah. four children because, <laughs> <laughs> because like, and, and so there's an inevitability to all of that. And, and, you know, mm -hmm. how many women really would though, how, and maybe, maybe let's not exclude it to women, right? I'm, I'm just as messy as anybody, right? Like Derek and I have marathon like competitions sometimes about who can be the biggest slob, right? This is, <laughs> by the way, not a good relationship trait for us. This is one of the things. <laughs> I feel like we should put this wall down. <laughs> oh, reveal, see, yeah. We're all about the facade and what people think we have together, but yeah. behind the wall is complete chaos. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. And, and again, like my tolerance for that is very high, but you know, there, there genuinely is some like caring for one another in, right? Like, yes, yeah. give me, a clean house for Valentine's Day. Are you kidding me? That would be the like greatest gift of all time, the right? Best. <laughs> right? The greatest gift of all time. Right. Yeah. So there's this, there's just this element of teaching our children on a regular basis, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and even teaching them say, you know, we both have certain like quote unquote chores that are kind of our our chores, right? Derek mows the lawn on a regular basis. That's his thing. And part of it is teaching the kids like, no, Derek doesn't mow the lawn because that's a man's job. He mows the lawn, A, because I am highly allergic to grass and B, because he loves gardening and being outside. And he's also the one that grows the flowers, which is normally like mm. the more female position and that kind of thing. So again, this kind of continual taking this opportunity to show them I love you. I, I appreciate you. Here are some beautiful flowers. Here is a gift. Mm -hmm. Here is, you know, these ways. And even showing them that, you know, we, we buy little gifts for the kids for Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. Just of like, we do love you and you are important. And, yeah. and it's good. It's a good thing to show love. Um, yeah, you could just wrap that up, Derek, and like, uh, in two months, I will mow the lawn for you. Uh, <laughs> happy Valentine's. Hopefully two months. That'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, be really, I'd be really happy to mow the lawn. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, yeah. last year, last year we, well, we usually give our kids little candies or yeah, chocolates sure. or something, but our, um, our third son looked at me and he said, this is probably harvested by slaves, mom. Whoa. So, happy, happy Valentine's Day. And yet, and yet, yeah. right? Oh, Self how are, we, love, how are right? we loving on them, right? Right? Like, yeah. part of it is like, wow, I am totally doing my job. Yeah. It's like, oh. Amazing, kid. Good for you. This is non-fair trade chocolate, mom. Right. What have you done? Right. <laughs> I'm going to eat this and feel horrible about myself, Intense. Yeah, it, it's very intense, and yet I'm super impressed. I'm so impressed. Uh, it's such a good thing. So, in our in our last little bit here, um, any any Ash Wednesday plans for you, uh, church wise? I mean, we have service at seven. You have service at seven. We also have service at seven. Yeah, mm. also have service at seven. Um, and I, uh, so this is one of those services where it's it's one of the few that it's kind of just me and the musicians mm. um, and like just, just the main musicians, right? So just the organist and just the guitarist. 
And so there's a lot of like um, parts that I hate, which is like, it's the Shannon show, right? Like I'm over here speaking and I'm over here singing and I'm over here doing this. And, but um, it's, it's one of my favorite services of the year. Like Lent is my favorite season of the year. So, yeah, so talk a little bit about uh, what you appreciate theologically about Ash Wednesday. Um, so I have, I have always been more comfortable in um, doubt than I have in faith, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you are confident in faith, like good for you, but I have my reservations, right? Like I am much more comfortable sitting with someone and being with someone in moments of doubt than I am in moments of like, this is absolutely what I believe. And trust me, I have some like absolutes of what I believe, but like, and, and I just feel like it's a 40 day journey of, of questioning and wandering. And um, like for, we're doing forgiveness this year as our Lenten theme. And it's, it challenges me to um, do that as a theologian, as a preacher. And, and I love putting the season together um, I'm also taking on a couple, like, so this is another interesting clergy couple thing, right? Like we take Lent very seriously and our Lenten disciplines very seriously. And so they kind of overlap to each other because we need not just mutual support, but also like schedule support. Like, hey, um, I need to, so Derek's going all organic and, and as much locally sourced food as he can. Nice. I do the shopping, so obviously that's going to affect how I shop and where I go and what I plan. Um, and I'm trying to take on a um, kind of a very strict discipline of um, not just exercise, but like spiritual meditation through my yoga classes. And that'll affect our schedule and when he's home and gets kids and all that good stuff. So um I like that about it. I just, I, it feels like a change of routine in a good way. It feels like a separation to, and I like that it comes in a time of year when winter is ending, but spring Mm -hmm. has not yet come. Yep. And so you're, you're in the, the, you're seeing the physicality of the struggle to rebirth, right? You're, you're, I'm watching that in everything that I do. Um, So that's what I love about it. Yeah, yeah. Any, anything to add, uh, Derek? You know, I, I think it's 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 counterintuitive that you know for both of us that, that Lent is a favorite season, but I do think it's um, you know it's the reminder that um, you know it's, I think so so often our our faith is is void of sacrifice and it's void of. Um, it's void of real discipline. You know, I think we, we, our culture is, everything is very prepackaged for us and very, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm shifting around my eating habits and that for me is, is going to require some discipline. Mm-hmm. And um, for Shannon, you know, the yoga is going to require some discipline and, and it's the, um, you know, it's, for, for me, there's something about, you know, working, you know, for, for lack of a better term, that's working your faith muscles, um, working your spiritual muscles to mm-hmm. um, um, not take so much of your life for granted. Um, 
that's a big part of what Lent does for me. Um, and then just kind of what Shannon said is like you in in places where you have seasons. Now, watch, we'll get a we'll get a big snowstorm right. on April first, but <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> You know, we you actually get to kind of go from death to life in in the in the weather. In the, yeah, yeah, for sure. Around yeah. you, and that's that's pretty amazing too. Um, so yeah, I think those are those are things that I I really love about Lent. Um, how about yeah. you two? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it it is a cool invitation to, in a way, almost like rethink your life. Like I can. I can remove this thing that I think I need and actually say, you know what, I'm going to go 40 days and do something else and, Mm -hmm. and not do that. Uh, one year I gave up uh, my favorite app game on my phone and it's like, Mm -hmm. I do that every day, multiple times and to make your brain like respond differently when Mm -hmm. that sort of addiction to play that game arises. Like that's a good, yeah, you did that last year, I think. That's a good thing to do anyway, but, but I like that it can, you can do it under the auspices of, of, of the spiritual discipline and, and taking re-ownership of your life. We've talked about giving up meat maybe this mm-hmm. year um, as a family. I don't know if the kids will uh, jump into that. <laughs> Do they have a choice yeah. or not? <laughs> there will be some protests. But we're also, our community for Lent is going to be focusing on uh, immigration as an issue. Mm-hmm. And so we also want to take some intentional learning about life as an immigration under our current sort of uh, political mm-hmm. realities and what is that like in our, in our neck of the woods here in Holland, in the United States, what are ways we can support families who are being threatened by a possible uh, deportation mm-hmm. or separation. And, you know, if we give up meat, is there money that we can save that we would have spent on that, that we can donate to a local immigration uh, advocacy um, organization. I'll be spending it on organic produce. <laughs> yeah, your budget will be going. We'll take our money to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there we go. We can work this out. Yeah. <laughs> we can work this out. But, so, is it is it for you like a favorite season for that reason, or? I think liturgically, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and just that disruption. I think just think disruption is so absolutely good. yeah it's great like in yeah. a good it's a very mm-hmm. good disruption yeah and yeah. and I've I've I think that's part of the love right is that I have had some really powerful Lenten disciplines over the years that you know seem like simple things or seem and and what they turn into is completely other than what I thought they would be. Um, so I start it for this, for this reason. And then, so I'm always, I think there's that kind of anticipatory excitement of like, what, what will this one turn? Like we we're doing this cause it's good for the earth, right? We're going to go organic. It's good for the earth and no fertilizers in the ground and mm-hmm. water and, and carbon footprint. But like, what also will it spiritually do for mm-hmm. us That's or nice. physically even do for us that we're not expecting? Yeah. And, and I think that's part of the beauty of, of the process. Um, but, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, so I'm glad we could do all this while Ogan's laying on a beach. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to give a... I wish I could give up winter for Lent. Right? You know? I, was say, I would like to give up my house for six weeks and go to Barbados. That's what I would like to give up. Exactly. I have a friend who always says he's giving up Bud Light for Lent, but of course he never drinks it. So it's... Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The old fake uh, sacrifice, you know. Yeah. 
No, I, yeah. yeah. And I, I never used to put a lot of stock into it. And now I, now I do. And it's, mm-hmm. I, I love it, but you don't have to maybe, you know, like I would love to, right. I would love to give up anxiety for Lent. That'd be amazing. I'd love to give up worry. Like I'd love to, you know, but uh, I definitely go beyond the chocolate and the soda. Right. But like, but go a little bit. Let's, let's also do something that's, I was saying about the yoga, like doing 40 days of yoga, only taking Sundays off is going to be super intense. Wow. Um, But also doable if I work really hard, right? Like if I went to something like giving up anxiety, that would be ridiculous. Like I, that's something You'd be anxious about giving up anxiety. I'd be anxious about giving up my anxiety, right? Like I, I, it's a whole nother level of functioning yet taking on a practice that reduces, right? Medically proven, also proven through my experience to do that, then that's a, that's healthier. That's better. That's a discipline. That's real. I'm all about the real. <laughs> all about the real. Yeah. I love it. Maybe that, that's might be a closing thought right there. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, about, all about the real. All about the all real. About the real. <laughs> and I think, I think, you know, Ash Wednesday, that invitation to consider our mortality and that God remembers we are dust. Uh, you know, that's a powerful, sobering, needed reminder about the real. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Any other loss, uh, lost, last thoughts or, <laughs> lost, or, thoughts? or lost thoughts? I have a lot of lost thoughts. Lost I have memory lost issues. Are gone. <laughs> <laughs> They're in Atlantis somewhere. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, I believe that's our episode. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. Please connect and spread the word on social media. Let your friends know you listen to this engaging uh, and exciting episode, and uh, maybe they'll want to tune in as well. Of course, you can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. We'd love you to rate us in those venues. That helps us uh, show up a little more often to folks listening for looking for a good podcast. If you want to find a conversation like this in your neck of the woods, there may be a pub theology conversation happening at your local bar or brewery. Check out the directory at pubtheology.com. And if you don't see one, you'll find some resources to help you start your own. Thank you again to our sponsors, Wink Wine Club, who you'll find at trywink.com slash ptlive, and the New Thought Channel, who you'll find at newthoughtchannel.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Well, this was a lot of fun, and it Derek, fun. it's great to see you again. And man, nice to meet you guys. Chrissy, is this your first pop theology? First, first virtual one. She she was on our Wild Goose cast. Uh, oh, okay. Yep, over the summer. Over the summer, yeah. Cool. Maybe we'll see you guys at the Wild. Goose. Yeah, are you gonna go? Maybe. So I will be there. Derek has It's looking more likely that I'll be there. As well. Well, if you if you're there and you want a couple kids to hang out with you, mm-hmm. we <laughs> can find a couple. I was gonna ask. I was actually gonna ask. Yeah, we can work that out. <laughs>